0: Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another word-filled message by David Entry. Preaching is the means by which God manifests his word and nourishes our spirits. May the life of God enter into you and you as you listen to this message. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Today is a special day because today is Father's Day. And baby dedication. And I, I feel particularly inclined to teach something on fatherhood. Let's all say fatherhood. fatherhood. Can you please say it again? Fatherhood. Yes. My, the, 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 the title I was able to give to today's message is kind of unconventional, but um, the title for today's message is Dad, Come Home. <laughs> say, Dad, come home. Oh, say it again! Can we hear all the ladies say, "Dad, we need you home." Dad, Dad, come home! Hallelujah. In the book of Matthew, chapter one, from verse eighteen, the scriptures make us to understand how an angel appeared to Mary and told Mary, "You're going to have a child." And Mary said, I don't know any man. So how can I conceive? And the angel said, this kind of child that is coming, you don't need a man for the conception. However, when you think about the deliberation or you think about the dialogue and the events, then you wonder, if he didn't need a she didn't need a man for that child, why did the angel waited until Mary was engaged? before the angel came and interrupted her, the smooth flow of her life. And so actually, uh, from verse 19, when Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant, Joseph, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. They have not fully married. The reason why they are not fully married is in Jewish tradition, a marriage ceremony takes about a week. And it is culminated with the the marriage act. And so after that particular moment, the the husband will come and show the white sheets to the public or to the parents that your daughter was a virgin. And that seals the marriage. And so if you are not married, marriage is not considered marriage until it's consummated. All right. And so... They were not yet married, but they were engaged. Bible used the word espoused, engaged to be married. And so, if they were fully married, then Mary wouldn't have been a virgin. But this one who was going to be born, God wanted it to be unambiguous, clearly that there was no involvement of man. However, because of the value and the place Father's play in the lives of everyone. God said that even though I didn't need a man for the conception, I need a father for the upbringing. So Joseph was thinking of putting her away. The angel appeared to him in a dream. He said, Joseph, from verse 20, Matthew 1, said, Joseph, don't do it. Don't do it. Because that which was conceived by Mary is of God. So, because God needed Joseph home. <laughs> God needs fathers to be home. Fathers play such an important role in, in life, such that anytime anyone tries to marginalize the role of fathers, it tends to bite back hard. In Malachi, the, can you imagine? The last verse in the Old Testament. Before the New Testament comes in. The last verse in the Old Testament. Let's look at it. Malachi chapter 4 verse 6. Before the Old Testament book ended. Let's listen to how it ends. It says that talking about God from verse 5. God is talking about I will send Elijah. I will send a prophet and all that. John the Baptist. But verse 6 says that. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their, to their fathers. Why? Lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. He said, I'm sending a special prophet. That's the last thing that was said in the Old Testament. Before Jesus' story began. He says that I'm sending my prophet, and his assignment is to bring restoration, restore the heart. Let's talk about hearts, not presence. So I'm talking about coming home, I'm not talking about just physical presence, because we all know you can be there physically, but very absent on your iPad. You are in another world, yet home. He says that I will. <laughs> he said that to connect the and he he, he, he says that he, he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Other than that, it will not be good. Other than that, he says, a curse will inevitably, invariably be what will be experienced. That is why the devil likes interrupting family lives. Because when the family life is interrupted or interfered with, it opens a door for the devil to be able to step in comfortably and do his job. But that will not be your testimony. Amen. I said that will not be your testimony. Amen. And so, in Ephesians, in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, when God was giving them the what theologians call Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, part of the Ten Commandments, he says, Let's all read the verse 12 together. Is that okay? We already allowed? Yes. All right, let's read. Let's go loud. Yes. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord has given you. God has a lot to give you, but as to how you will enjoy it, has a lot to do with the way you relate to certain key people in your life. I've discovered that very early, and I make sure that I never hurt my father, my natural father. Or spiritual father. Who I wanted to be in his good heart. God says that honor your father and your mother. So that you will be able to live long. So then if you dishonor your mother and your father. You cut your life short. You know there are people who are alive but they are dead. Yeah. There are people who are alive. They are driving a nice car but. The, there's no joy in their life the energy the life in them is gone they are just existing coasting in life they are dead but they are alive when the cont- when, when the relationship between father and children or mother and children parents and children is broken or is dishonored it brings and it brings an untold hardship on a whole generation in Ephesians Ephesians picks it and actually Paul takes it a little further in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. He said, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Why? 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 I don't hear you. Why? So I don't understand why you call yourself a Christian and you are insulting your mother. You call yourself a Christian and pray in tongues. My mother is a witch, so I hate uh, you. You are a wicked woman. You, 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 uh, my father is an irresponsible father. So listen, one day I discovered, even if your father is a Buddhist, he's still your father. He's yeah. <laughs> yeah. your father. He uh, said, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Then it goes on, the key one, verse two. Honor your father and your mother. Let's all say that together. Uh, please, please say it louder. Honor your father and mother. I'll be surprised if you don't say it. It tells me something. But let's say it again. Honor your father and mother. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise attached to it. God gave several commandments, but none of them had a promise. The only one, the one, the first one with the promise, He said, "Mother and father, honor them." And it comes with a promise attached to it. Verse 3. Look at verse 3. Honor your father and mother, which is the first one, that it may be well with you and you may live long. See, See, there's a difference between living just long and it's not well with you. There are people who have been in hospital for five years. They can't even move. So you are alive, but it's not well with you. But I said it will be well with you. Your business will be well. Your family will be well. Your studies will be well. Your health will be well. Your finances will be well. He says, if you want it to be well with you, honor your father and your mother. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Now, I want to take this time to just talk about, just a few, I've just written about, just a few. There are know there are more, but there's a few key ones. Types of fathers. Types of fathers. Okay, we have different types of fathers. But they all are fathers. One, we have what we call, which everyone knows, like, the natural biological father. Okay. Biological father is a father. We have biological father. We have the non-biological father, like, if you are an adopted son, you grew up with your dad, but that's not your biological father. You don't carry his genes, but still it's your father, and heaven recognizes that. Got it? because um, fathers have been recognized as fathers. So biological father, non-biological father. And we also have stepfathers. Stepfathers also fall under the category of non-biological father. But stepfathers, sometimes they may, may not be the one who raised you, but it's your mother's husband, and so by default becomes your stepfather, married to your, your mother. We have stepfathers, and then we also have the fathers of nations. So we talk about the founding fathers of America, founding our fathers of our, our country, fathers of nations. They laid the foundation for the success of the nation and for the way the nation. They are fathers. They are also fathers. And these ones, they all need to be honored and respected in certain dimensions and capacities. And then when it comes to spiritual terms, we have spiritual, quite a, a, about four categories of spiritual fathers. We have the first category, the spiritual father, who's like the one who got you born again, all right? There are some of us here, someone led you to Christ. You were somewhere living your own life, and someone met you, spoke to you about Christ, and got you born again, possibly even took you through basic discipleship and helped you in your uh, basic discipleship. That is a spiritual father, all right? And then there is what we have, church father. A church father is... Like, you see the children coming to stand here. You are such a wonderful father. It's because of the the seats and the position I occupy in this church. I tend, by God's grace, God has given that privilege to be the father of this assembly. You understand that? So when you go to, like, other churches, like KICC, Pastor Matthew is the father of that uh, institution. However, in local churches, there are pastors who are in charge of local churches, and they occupy the role of like like a father. All right. It is different from direct, direct spiritual father. So there may be people part of this assembly. I am their spiritual father by virtue of the local church. But as to when it comes to the one who they report to directly, spiritually, who feeds them, who guides them, who is putting, I may not be their spiritual fathers. So uh, you you, you can't say that I can't just claim that everybody in this church I'm their spiritual father. It is not. It doesn't work like that. I may be a spiritual father over the church, but not necessarily spiritual father over every individual. Yes, I'm a spiritual father over a lot, a lot more people in the group, but it doesn't mean everybody, right? Because the spiritual fathers help you in ministry, they guide you in life, they they play a kind of a greater mentorship, direct personal role in your life. You understand that? So this is another um, also a type of of uh, fatherhood. I've actually combined the two together, the church father and then spiritual fatherhood, which has to do with, so normally you hear me talking about my spiritual father. He didn't get me born again, but I, I grew under him. He guided me. I submitted to his authority directly, not like just because I'm a church member, directly. And then finally, under spiritual fatherhood, we can also talk about the fathers of a spiritual move movement. So sometimes the holiness movement, the, the faith movement, or the, the charismatic movement, there are certain individuals God raised to spearhead something. They are like pioneers, but they are categorized as fathers, like, like um, Charles Wesley, John Wesley, uh, um, John Calvin, Martin Luther. These are fathers of the reformation. The Reformation, that brought a su- such a great change in Christian life. So these are a few types of fathers I would want to uh, mention and restrict myself to. Now we go on to, so what is the role? Because my time, I just want to go give you the points quickly. And those of you who are taking notes, you can make notes of all this. What is the role? What, what's the role of fathers? What, what, what are fathers supposed to do which makes them so important? To the extent that, like Pastor Woe rightly said, God actually describes himself as a father when jesus came he constantly referred to god as his father he said father even on the cross he said father father forgive them father father why have you forsaken me when he taught disciples came to him and asked him that how should we pray he said when you pray say our father that's that's the opening comment of prayers our father, there needs to be a father. So who is a father? What does a father do? And then that will lead us to what does it mean when a father is not home? And what, what will bring a father home? I thought the wives would say amen. amen. The women can you say amen? amen. Someone said, daddy, come home. Daddy, come home. Oh, you didn't say it. Say, daddy come, daddy, come home. Number one, the role of a father is to provide. The role of a father is to provide. In, in, in Proverbs chapter 13 verse 22, let's look at it from the screen. Proverbs 13 22, I like, he says something quite, an, he said, a good, a good woman. Let's read it together. A good woman lives. <laughs> let's read, let's go. A good man lives an inheritance. To his children's children. But the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. So a good man lives and inherits. The father is supposed to provide. He's talking about inheritance. He's talking about physical provision. See, physical provision. It does not mean that the father must have all the money. But it's in every father. See, There's a difference between fatherhood and paternity. Boys can father a, a, a child. Paternity, but it takes a man to raise a child. That's fatherhood. Right. So it says that provisions, let's also say provision, let's not say provision. A father is supposed to provide. Provide what? Provide anything physical that will help the family, that will help, the, that is needed. For instance, I was made to understand when I was growing up that it's a man's responsibility to put a roof on a, on the head of his wife and children. So I came to UK. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But in the real places it's the men. there's nothing wrong. when resources are coming in the house through the women, there's nothing wrong. Usually it's better through the man. Usually, which women, I know women will say, No, it doesn't matter. Me, I want to provide for myself. Which one would you prefer? You go out with your man to eat at a restaurant. Which one would you, when if he's paying and opening the door for you, or you paying and opening your own door? Which one would you prefer? So, so, so stop behaving like me. I don't mind. I'm okay. You are not okay. You're not okay. Do you know what? It is intrinsic in every natural woman. To be loved, protected, and cared for by the man they love. If if you say, if you are a woman and you say, I don't need that, something has been switched off in you. Something is wrong. Something is switched off and we need to pray it back and turn it on. Now, it's not the volume of provision, but just basically making sure your wife and your children are okay. It's only in certain parts of our world where a man, you, know, you can have children with seven different women and you don't even care how they are growing. You are not a serious guy. No. All right, let me not go into that <laughs> too much. It. No, it's not, it's not a sign of manhood. It's not a sign of, maybe you grew up, you were made to think that is manhood. It's not a sign of manhood. It's not a sign of man. Manhood has to do with shouldering responsibility, shouldering responsibility, making sure children or dad will take care of it. Even if you don't have it, you will go heaven and earth to make sure, for the sake of your children, I will take care of it. That's right. Thank you. Clap for fathers. I think I need to move on from there because I'm feeling really uncomfortable. So, a father is to provide, all right, um, there are seasons in life, there are seasons in life. The problem is if you don't have it in you to want to provide, then there's something wrong with your fatherhood. But if you have it in you, but seasons, you know what, what I mean? Seasons, particularly in London, seasons, that's okay, because that season will pass, and a better season is coming, and what has always been in your heart will come to fruition. So I'm talking about a heart condition. I'm not talking about a hand condition. It's a heart thing I'm talking about. A father is to provide, provide materially and physically. Not just that, a father, according to Genesis chapter 18, verse 19, God said, I know Abraham because he will command his household. A father is supposed to provide direction for the family, vision for the family. He knows that this is where we are going. This is what my children are supposed to be doing. And he is there to edge them on, encourage them, instruct them, and guide them, and direct them. And he has a sense of purpose, a sense of direction, a sense of vision. He doesn't just say, well, I don't think I... Alright, let me just go and live here. Anywhere that shows. Well, my mom said we should live here, so I'm going. My sisters have been saying that living in Peckham is better than living in Camberwell. Alright, then let's move... No, no, no. A man does not do that. A man has a plan. A man has a vision. A father, a father I'm talking about, has a vision, has a plan, knows where they are going from A to B. When they are in, they are at A. He knows that no, that's not where we are supposed to be. So even though they may be there temporarily, he doesn't feel comfortable, and he keeps telling his children, he keeps telling his family, we are going there. The Bible said Abraham, he was moving from city to city, moving according to Hebrews chapter 11, from somewhere verse 9, 10, 11. It talks about how Abraham was moving from place to place, and he. Dwelt in tents because he had not settled yet. He dwelt in tents. But God said, this is the father I'm looking for. He will not settle with anything. He will not start settle for the status quo but he will settle for the vision I put in his heart. He will pursue the vision. Bible says that Abraham, he was looking for a city whose builder and founder was God and until he has found it, he never settled. He lived in tents from tents to tents. A father provides direction vice vision. This is where we are going as a family. This what Listen, listen. When the father is there and does these things, the, your daughters can not easily easily fall to any man at all. Yeah. 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 Stop chasing the man, fighting the man because it's my daughter. You can't come around him. No, push stuff in your daughter, and it's not anybody at all who get the attention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, know, I know you clap, but that, that's... Say that's, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> fathers are blessed. Fathers are blessed. Oh, one of the things that, that, that moves my heart is when I see a father and his children taking them to school, taking them to nursery. Sometimes we go to the mall and I'm with my wife and usually it's natural instincts for a woman to want to push the, the, the pram. But I, I feel good. I said, man, let me just push it. I feel just good pushing the pram. I feel good carrying the baby on me. I mean, I mean, I just want my daughter to know that dad is dead. Yes. 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 You can't, it it will be hard. Unconsciously, that's where I'm going to. A, A father is supposed to provide materially, provide direction and vision, and provide discipline in the house. Provide guidance and discipline. There's a difference between punishment and discipline. As a matter of fact, in Hebrews chapter 12, the Bible clearly states that a, a good father chastises or disciplines or corrects the child whom he loves. So discipline naturally stems out of love and a sense of responsibility. So these are some of the three things that a father must provide. So a role of a father is provision. Someone say provision. Provision. Say it again, please. Say provision. provision. Number two, protection. Protection. Protect your family. Protect your wife. And if you don't have a wife, protect your family. Protect them. Have you noticed that many good fathers, if something tragic happens to their family, their child, it devastates them when, because because they couldn't protect it. Like David. David and his men, according to second Samuel, they went to fight. When they came back, the enemy has ransacked their camp and taken their goods and their wives and children. Their goods that they took were not a problem, but their wives and children. Bible said, these men of war, they all broke down. And then they took up stones. See, in terms of people's crisis, if you don't take a they will channel blames to the wrong direction. Most of us, it it's normal. It's, it's normal for human beings to find something to blame in times of crisis. So, if there is flood somewhere, people will say, if they can't find anyone to blame, they said, if there is God, why? But when the sun was shining, they didn't say, oh God, thank you for the sun. <laughs> when 9-11 happened, people were questioning, why God? Why all these things, God? But the years the Twin Towers stood, those people didn't say, oh, God, this is amazing. God, you are good. Now, what I'm trying to say is that in the time of crisis, people always look for someone to blame. But it's natural to want to blame. And so when the crisis hits, David's men, these are trusted men, they know David. They went to war. But when the crisis came, they took up stones and said, we are going to stone you because of our children and our wives. When you take away a man's family, a, a father, a man who is a normal father, when you touch his family, you touch his existence. Because the father is there to protect. So there are many men, let's say they go to the beach and something happens, unfortunately happens to their wife or their son or their daughter. They are not able to live normal again because they feel I let my child out even though they might have not been around. That is the father's instinct speaking. So fathers are there for protection. So now, can you imagine when we deny fathers their place at home, we are denying the family certain levels of protection. I'm not talking about he taking a gun. Mm. There are all kinds of protection, emotional protection, physical protection. Have you seen sometimes, um, I drive. I drive. You know, sometimes when someone wants to cut in on you and all that, um, a man sees a woman. Maybe she can even drive better than you. Maybe it's a police officer or he drives, uh, you know, the police cars. And, but he thinks he's a woman, so he just, it comes to a natural instinct. But you see a man, or you go, maybe a woman is, maybe a slight accident, a woman comes out of the car, and then this young man is screaming, hey! and then he, all of a sudden a man steps out, he tones down. You understand? So, so men bring all kinds of protections on the table of fathers. And that is the role of a father. Please, let's not be in a hurry because of our current frustration or economic situation or political outlook. Be quick to kick men out of the home because we will buy now but pay later dearly. And you know how we pay? We pay the community. So society pays. It's not just individuals. Society pays. I want to show you some of the importance of the fathers quickly. The role of a father. So the father must provide, must protect. And number three, must love. The, the father brings love on, to the table. That's why the Bible says that husbands love your wives. One great man was asked that what can I do? I think someone no, someone asked Madame Teresa years ago that what can I do to bring world peace and to make life better? Madame Teresa told him, can you please go home and love your wife and children? <laughs> One wise man said, the best discipline a father can give to his children is by loving their mother. A father brings love to the table. I'm not talking about emotions. When Bible talks about love, it's not just talking about just the emotional bit. It's talking about the com- commitment and unflinching commitment, and you do anything to make sure they are laughing and they are happy. Love, putting yourself in harm's way for their interests, that's love. Do anything to cover their flaws, cover their mistakes, that's love. So a father is supposed to provide, a father is supposed to protect the role of a father, and a role of a father is supposed to give love. Number four, the role of a, me add a little bit to the love. See, when love is in place, it helps, when a father's love is in place, it helps a clearer and a proper estimation or definition of those members of the family. I'll explain it. If I love my daughter the way I'm supposed to love, my daughter tends to have a proper estimation, a healthy estimation of herself. If I love my son the way I'm supposed to love him, it's invariably my son ends up having a proper, healthy estimation of himself. Now, my, my, it doesn't matter. I can get it through the computer. And, no, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Have you seen a computer getting pregnant for you, with human being before? It can't be. You you cannot buy an app to get you pregnant. There's actually nothing, you know, in vitro fertilization, IVF. It's just fertilization. But there's nothing like test tube babies. No human being can be conceived in it. So IVF, after they do the, uh, they pick the the egg and no, not the, they pick the, the egg and the sperm. They they try they fertilize it and then implant it in the womb of a healthy normal human being. In the womb, that's IVF. So it takes human being, and you can't okay. Uh, let's get two hum, uh, two female eggs, do something to it and then it becomes a male. So add it and then we can. You can't do without men. Life can't go on without fathers. It doesn't matter how you look at. It. Sometimes you know, fathers can be funny. <laughs> sometimes fathers come listen brothers and sisters particularly if you are a young lady and you are at war with your father you are at war with your future wow. Wow. you are at war what you need is the smile of your father even if he doesn't know how to smile you have to believe God if you are praying pray that God for my sake so a smile that belongs to me in his heart mm. don't join your mother to fight your father hey. yes. it's a battle you can never win you join your mama to fight your dada, hey, you can never win. Because it says that it will not be well with you if you dishonor your father. It will not be well. It doesn't matter what he did. Dishonoring father is tantamount to failure in life. Yeah. Hallelujah. So number four, the father determines the, the strength. Okay, fathers determine the strength or the greatness of a people. Great Britain was great, not because uh, of the queen or the king. Great Britain was great because of the great fathers in Great Britain. Yeah. Great fa- Fathers protect the strength of the people. So maybe a ca- particular group of people, ethnic minority or ethnic groupings or whatever group of people, depending on the, the influence of fathers, the strong fathers tend to keep, I hear this, is it the gypsies? Some of those guys, you see them like that, but you can't break their ranks. And it's not the women, it's the men. The fathers within, they are strong and you can't break their ranks. And so what I'm trying to say is that good fatherhood, strong fatherhood, the job of a father is to be so strong and give the strength of the future, uh, strength to the future of the people. So can you imagine, when our fathers are being effeminated, when they are breaking down, that means that the future is at stake. Because it takes fatherhood to protect the strength of the people for the future. The last one. The role of a father. It's very important. I like this one so much. Genesis chapter 49 verse 1 and 2. Let's, let's look at that quickly. Genesis chapter 49 verse 1 and 2. Bible talks about how Jacob. Someone say Jacob. 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 was. Jacob was nearing his grave. He was an old man. An old man. Very weak. About to die. And Bible... He, he had to strengthen himself and sit down because he said, I've got an unfinished business. I've not finished my business. He was dying, but I said, I can't go. So he sat down, called his sons, gathered together that I may tell you what shall befall you in the, in the last days. He's just about to prophesy and issue blessings. He said, I carry something. I can't go to my grave with it. So when it was time for him to die, he said, hey, there's an unfinished business. The Bible says he strengthened himself and sat up. Bring me my sons. <laughs> Bring them to me. I have to impart. Verse 2. I have to impart something. Gather together and hear you sons of Jacob and listen to Israel, your father. Then he began to declare. Issue the blessing. What you will be. What you will be. That is what has defined the destiny of various tribes in Israel up to now. Father, start up. Father, tell me who I am. Don't just leave me in my frustration. Tell me who I am. Daddy, who am I? It's in the dad. Who am I? Sometimes the person may not be spiritual, but there's something they are supposed to issue out of their inner man. Watch this. It comes from their inner man, their soul. According to Genesis, Bible says that Jacob, Isaac told Jacob, I think Genesis 26, said, bring me something that I love and let me eat. In Genesis chapter 27 verse 4, Genesis 27 verse 4, Isaac told Esau, he said, make me savory food such as I love. Let's all say that together. Such as One more time, please. Make me the one I love. Why must it be the one you love? And bring it to me that I may eat and watch this. My soul. My soul may bless you before I die. The blessing is not coming from my head. It's coming from my inner man. But but you need to activate the joy. That's why it's not good to offend a father. That's why it's not good to grieve a father. When somebody operates in a father position in your life and you grieve him, it chokes the flow of the blessing. He said, bring you. let me eat. My heart will be happy and I cannot. My son. My son. No, No force of hell can stop that blessing from manifesting. And instead of doing that, you are running around looking for prophets to professor about your life. whilst the thing you are looking for is in your dad? And he just takes a good relationship or trying to honor him, please him, do something, say something to him that, dad, I love you, that you are the best. A young boy went to school and they asked him, his father saw a, a piece of paper and his, they said, um, who is your hero, greatest hero in life? And his father saw his name. So his father went to the boy, he said, boy. Well, you wrote my name. I'm so happy. I'm your greatest hero. Well done, my dad. Come on, come, come, my son. Come and give me. He said, so, "Dad, because I couldn't spell Arnold Schwarzenegger, so <laughs> <laughs> I just put your name." Yeah. <laughs> there are people. Oh, oh! There are boys on our streets who are angry because. Dad was not there to tell him, that, "Son, you are a champion. You are worth better. Than, you are better than prison." Yeah. Dad was not there, and they are angry. Any little thing you do, they outrage. You'll be shocked. Yeah. Why is this young boy behaving like this? He said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" Yeah. No, the boy, the boy is angry from home. Because when he needs dad to affirm him, that is busy doing his own things, minding his own business, forgetting that that is why he's around. Dad, come home. Dad, come home. Your boys need you. Dad, come home. Your girls need you. I know you don't like their mom, but come home. Someone shout, Dad, come home! We need you, we need you, The blessing is in you. Issue it out, come on, let us please you. So what takes that away from home? There are two ways of being home, physically away or physically present, but you know, disconnected. Sometimes, he motions. Men go through what TDJ calls he motions. Usually, women don't understand those motions. He motions, he's there, he's frustrated. But he, can, he won't talk. When a woman is frustrated, man, you will know. <laughs> you will know. But a man, can be so, a man can be so frustrated and still quiet and going up and down normal chores. And you wouldn't know that he's dying on the inside. He's dying on the inside. But you wouldn't know because men are wired in such a way they don't just talk. They are suffering. Things are going on. But he won't talk. And one day, we wake up to realize that... The energy is gone out of him, he's alive. But dad has become different. Dad has become unresponsive to normal things he used to like. And dad has retired, but he's still around. Because the thing goes on for a long time. Sometimes dad leaves home. Many husbands, many fathers I'm talking to right now have left home, they are home there, but physically they are, they are living in their iPad. They are living in their iPhone. They are living on their computer. Not That you are doing anything bad. Some men listen. God told me, I told Pastor, God told me as I prepared that I should say that when you get home, give that leave the work aside, stop working when you get home. Some of us did work home, that's okay, it depends. But you must understand that there must be a cut off time where it's you can't be home and still be working when you have a family, you are home and you are still on the stock market checking. Second, your wife said, "Oh, can we take the children to a place? Okay, you guys do. I'm coming, coming. Hey, <laughs> you are home, but you are not there. Dad, 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 mm. come home. I had Orabert Ora Ora say this story about a young boy. They were on a table, dining table, with parents and a lot of uh, some visitors, and the boy wanted butter, mm. and he kept saying, "Can you pass me the butter, please?" They were adults, were chatting. <laughs> they no, They couldn't hear him. Can you pass me the butter? Can you pass me the butter? Out of frustration, he jumped on the dining table. Pass me the (laughs) butter! That, don't wait till it gets to that before you know that that boy is crying for your attention. Don't wait. Don't wait. All the money you are running after is necessary. Some people say, I'm just making all this money just to make them happy. It's right because of the provision syndrome, uh, the provision desire, the provision, b- b- the being built provision mindedness, orientation. It's right. But if you don't take care, you may not be able to draw the line. So God said, tell, tell somebody that leave the work when you get home. It's enough. Stop working when you get home and be home. Mm. Be, home. be home. Be home. Oh my time. I had this story. Someone sent a WhatsApp message recently about a boy whose dad is busy, very busy. And I think one day the boy asked dad, so how much do you earn an hour? And he said, I earn 100 pounds an hour, or something like that. And the dad works hard around the clock, works hard around the clock. So one day he came home and dad, this boy said, dad, can I have 50 pounds? Can you just give me 50 pounds or so? And the dad said, no, what do you mean, what do you mean 50 pounds for? Come on, go to your room, go and sleep The boy went, very sad. So the dad, after realizing, I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember exactly the detail, but after realizing, went to the boy, he said, I'm sorry for speaking to you like that. Why were you asking for, what do you need the 50 pounds for? He said, I've been saving money, I've been able to save 50 pounds. And I just wanted an extra 50 pounds so I can buy one hour of your time. (laughs) I just need one hour from you, but I know it's 100 pounds to get you. And suddenly, like scales, fell off the diet's eyes and realized how remote he's been from his home. Your work has become like a remote control. Even when we get home, we are like that, man. Me, inclusive. I get home and I'm still picking calls. I'm still checking because my work is actually around the clock. But thank God that it's not, suppo- it's not supposed to be like that. It's not no work is supposed to be around the clock. Even God, when He was creating the earth, He didn't create it around the clock. He didn't create it around. It. So, what is it that we're looking for? That we are working around the clock. For whom? What does a man gain? If he gains the whole world and loses his soul. Hallelujah. So so dads are not home. Quickly, the things that drive sense dads home out of home. Number one, failure. When a dad fails in life, feels that like he hasn't achieved. For some reason, they get disconnected from themselves. So they are home, but they are not there. Because they are, they are brooding over past failures. Father, you see, I shouldn't have taken this step. I shouldn't have done this business, and now I've lost everything. I'm a worthless father. And sometimes you are not confident about your children, because when they meet other children, you are thinking they will see the fathers of these other children, and they prefer them. No, that, that forget it. Leave it. You failed, or It doesn't matter. Pick yourself up. They, your, your children want to know that you are that strong dad. It doesn't matter what you don't have. You, cannot take, you may not be able to take them to Honolulu or Hawaii for a holiday. But yeah, 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 yeah. They like it the fact that you took them to the Deford or the park in uh, Wandsworth Park. Just to go and sit there and have your own picnic and draw some coconuts around you like coconut tree. And you are having fun with them. It's worth it. It's worth it. Someone say, dad, come home. come home. Failure. Number two, reason why dads have left home. One, one, failure. Number two, rejection. What men can't stand? Many women don't know. Men can't take rejection from people they love. When a man feels that he's ignored, he's not really accepted, it makes him shut down. That is how come sometimes if he hangs around the wrong women who give them a false sense of acceptance, they fall for it easily. So you see a responsible man has fallen to waitress at some back street, um, greasy greasy spoon shop. <laughs> 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 but, but you understand what I'm saying? You understand? All the woman has to do is just and say, oh, what do you want? Can I ah, I always look forward to you coming. What can I serve you? <laughs> okay, I'll be in I'll be in a minute. Okay. Okay. And he sits down and says, this woman is so nice. It's the devil who is being nice to you. (laughs) Because he's out of home. He's he's home, but he's not there. Some other things are engaging his attention. Because sometimes men feel unaccepted. Especially, it happens very commonly in middle ages. When a man hits his middle age, sometimes they feel they haven't achieved what they have to achieve, and their family have become like their their sons and daughters, teenage years. It begins to hit them, and they begin to feel, actually, my wife doesn't really appreciate me. Yes, because sometimes your wife can see the way you have not been. You've been naughty, you've been stubborn, you've done things. However, wives, if you don't want to lose that father because you need him, You need him. Other than that, your children will go and stand receiving awards. And they say, I thank God for my mama. I thank God in their hearts, they knew that I need dad still. They know, they know, they know. We all know. Listen, my dad died about 12 years ago. I still miss him. Me too. Yes, I need my dad. In spite of all the way I've been jumping around, I, I, I I need my dad. I need my dad. But you just move on because it's not there. You just keep going. You just keep going. And men want to be accepted in their home. They want to feel that my wife accepts me, my children accept me. Sister, stop telling, polluting the man today, his children. So sometimes it makes them leave. I've seen, I've handled separate situations like that in my office where you're talking to a father. He feels that, you know what? Whatever I say it doesn't matter in the house. He's a woman. Yeah, because she earns more than me. Well, Whatever I say doesn't matter. And you know, they resign. Yeah. They leave you to run the show. It's not good. Someone say, dad, come home. Dad, come home. And then so, um, failure drives them away. Rejection drives them away. And then, grief. When they are grieved, because of things that have happened in their past. Their, their dad left them or their mom left them or something. They are grieved. It makes them disconnect, disconnect. Number four, ambition. You are working so hard. You are trying to gain everything. It will get you disconnected from home if you don't take care. Uh, you overambit, you are so ambitious. You are trying to be, you are trying to be like Saddam Hussein. You are trying to be like when, when, you, when you see the way Putin is wielding power, you also want to be a mini Putin. And so you are working so hard as to extend that you are disconnected from hope. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You want to be a football star, even though your legs are not strong. Uh, You're home. And we look, your legs look so skinny like chopsticks. And, <laughs> And you are doing this, your children need your attention, your wife needs your attention. You are busy, so ambitious. This thing will not even take you anywhere because everybody knows that you can't get it. And you, you, you don't do Sometimes sometimes. Overambition can get men, drive men from the house, even though they physically may be there, they are gone, or physically they may go because they think it's better out there. They love what you are doing and they leave home, but they don't know. God made the men for home, don't stay out there. My mom told me a proverb. She said, no bed flies and stays up. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, uh, the biggest of them all, the last one is dishonor. It's the big one. When you dishonor a man, you lose him. When you dishonor a man. I realized that after sitting with a lot of wives in counseling, I realized that many wives, it's very easy to see the flaws of their husband. Because husbands tend to have seem to have more flaws than wives at home. Uh, am I am I the only stranger here? Yes, yes. Husbands seem to have too many flaws at home than the wives. true, true, true. You know, what they should see they don't see. And so wives then begin wives then begin to hmm look at him. And the worst thing you can do as a wife is to honor another man. Better than your man is a disgraceful act. (laughs) 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 You understand? I tell people, Clip, stop killing me in your house, and everything pastor said, everything pastor said. Your husband is talking to you, you keep saying Pastor said, What do you mean? (laughs) Leave me alone! Leave me alone! You are putting me in trouble! You are putting me in trouble! Leave me alone! I want to kill you <laughs> before your family. Men, men, Ah! Am I your equal? Am I your equal? leave me alone! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hallelujah when a man feels dishonored it takes a lot to get him back on track because he feels Bible, did you hear why Bible said wives, wives submit your and then respect your husband because a man's it's a man's thing, it's ego to know, that's why sometimes they're trying to get the cast, get out so that people can respect them so in your house, if a man is dishonored in his house, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. So many Christian sisters lose their husbands before he even leaves. They, lose, they lost him a long time ago because I know my husband is a Christian. He's cool. He's cool. Nothing. No, He can't be doing anything. No, he's a very good man. <laughs> Meanwhile, not to justify irresponsible behavior. But meanwhile, he's dying on the inside. And other things are beginning to compete for his attention, for his affection. Because anything that will promise him honor, he will easily fall for it. The same way anything that promises a woman admiration and protection and love, she will easily fall for it. So it's happening before your very eyes. Dad is going. He's going. Is going because he's hurting. My wife does not respect me. How can a Christian woman look at your husband and say you are a foolish man? How? How can a Christian woman look at your husband and rain barrage of insults like tones? A husband said, Pastor, what my wife told me, kill something in me. Pastor, my wife. And many many husbands keep telling me, you don't know my wife. Yeah. Because women are very good in church. (laughs) (laughs) You know why? Because women are genuine worshippers. They easily flow. Even if there's a problem, a woman can work herself out and worship whilst a man is calculating. <laughs> so you look at the worship, you check. Many of the young brothers who have gone for a sister because she, she's very fiery. Ah, only later on to realize that character, hey, 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 hey. hey. Because as for, as for a woman, worship is not very expensive. I worship, I, you finish worshiping normal, and then she'll go and fight and steal somebody's boyfriend or husband or something. And it's normal. Say mercy. mercy. Quickly, how do you get a man back home? Number one, respect the man. Number two, uh, similar to the respect. In Malachi chapter 1 verse 6, he said, if I be a father, where is my honor? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If I be a father, where is my honor? Hmm. Do you see that? Son, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? Honor a father and it naturally, you are in a church and you don't honor the father of the house and yet you want the blessing on him to come on you. You gossip about. so if the devil wants to cut, especially in this time of fasting, the devil wants to cut you from your blessing, he has to sow a seed in your heart that can dishonor your, your father, spiritual father, your man of God. Yeah. And it's so simple. You are done. You are done. God will be still be using him, but you you can't get what God put in him. Bible said Jesus could not do many miracles in his hometown because they did not honor him. Even though he was doing so much somewhere else. So dishonor can disengage you or disconnect you from divine supply. Honor. Number, number one, respect. Number two, honor. Only three. I'll give you only three. And number three, cover. Respect, honor, cover. Say cover. Say cover. In Genesis chapter 9. From verse 20, an amazing story. I don't have time to get to read the text. But it talks about Noah and his sons. Noah was comfortable, so he planted vineyards. Say vineyard. Hey, when, people, when you begin to get successful, you are beginning to go into trouble. When you begin to get successful, you are beginning to get into trouble. Because now, you have your own two cars. Mm-hmm. Now you have, previously you jump on the train. Now you have a Porsche car, so you can afford to pick someone from their house and drop them at work before you go where you are going. You started with good intentions. A pastor friend friend of mine told me, he said, you know, when pastors become a bit prosperous, it becomes more dangerous, because riskier. Because he said, you know, know a certain pastor, he paid a ticket from overseas for for a certain woman he met on the internet. Paid the ticket, booked a hotel for her, she flew, came, spent some days in the hotel, he would go and see her, and then then went, because he could afford it. Noah planted vineyards. And then he began to drink. He made wine. The vineyard was doing well. Then he, so he drank of the wine and was drunk. Someone asked me when we were doing building projects, someone asked me, Pastor, are you not going to do like, because of the way you work hard, are you not going to do like a small chamber, bed? Say, so I put bed in my office. <laughs> I said, no. I don't want a bed. Actually, guess what? Why am I, even the shower there, which I don't use anyway, just for aesthetic value? They said, why should there be? Why should a shower be there? Yeah. Maybe after preaching, you are sweating. Go home. Go home. Thank you. Go home. Thank you. Why do I need a, a restroom in an office? Don't you have a home? Mm-hmm. If you are so prosperous, you can afford a restroom in your office. Then you can have a home to rest there. Yeah. Daddy, come back home. Dad. Noah planted vine, started drinking because the thing was doing well, and then he got drunk. He got drunk and went to lie down like that in his house, <laughs> naked. And so one of his sons came in, said, "Hey, Dad!" <laughs> and he went to told he went and told the other siblings, "That come and see Dad. Hey, he's n- hi. He don't want to see this. this is fun." Instead of covering his father's nakedness, he went to advertise the father's nakedness. Every father has got closet. When you get close to people, you will discover that, hey. Mm -hmm. So you two, you are like this. (laughs) You two, you are. When they are far, they are like gods. So they come close and you realize, hey. (laughs) 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 So they come inside your tent. When the woman was walking far, she looks so much today, she comes close and remove the wig and says, hey. <laughs> <laughs> the hair on it, it it's, it's like African football uh, pitch. <laughs> and, and now you are taking hair for granted. But when she was afar, those other women you admire, you let them come close. You realize some of them are worse than the one Let me finish this, please. Please. Are you getting something at Noah, Noah's son went to see his father's nakedness. And instead of saying that, I have the privilege to come that close to notice that this man is just human, he didn't cover it. The third thing is cover the father's nakedness. He will love you for life. Yeah. And then he will be able to unload the things that God has put in him for you. With Without sweat. He went and displayed. His father woke up from And the, the, elder, the brothers came back. One, uh, Pastor Chas, can I have you please? So they took a, a, a garment, a cloth. One held the other one like this. And then they went backwards. They said, we we don't want to look look at our father's nakedness. Two reasons. They don't want to see. And then they held it like this so that others can't see from outside. And went and covered their father's nakedness. When his father woke up from his drink, from his sleep, and realized what Shem has done, his son has done, he cursed. He said, curse be the son. Instead of blessing, instead of blessing, curse. But he blessed those who covered his nakedness. I pray for you that any tendency that would drive a father away from you, may God expose that tendency and clear it out of your territory. I pray pray for every father who has been driven out of home by various different circumstances. I pray that God is bringing you back home. God is bringing you back home. God is bringing you back home. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also subscribe to Karis Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.